Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Google finally rolls out its Internet of Everything Else OS, Fuchsia. ARM unveils its first new V9 chips. Paparazzi might be the next big social app, and it debuted number one on the App Store. And Noom has raised a hell of a lot of money, but that's because it's apparently making a hell of a lot of money helping people lose weight. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Google is rolling out its long-in-development, completely new operating system, Fuchsia OS, to first-gen Nest Hubs as an update, replacing Cast OS. The new Fuchsia OS will not change any functionality of your device, but again, it is completely new, and for Google, it might be the future. Quoting 9to5Google. For all intents and purposes, this update will not change any of the functionality of the Nest Hub, but under the hood, the smart display will be running Fuchsia OS instead of the Linux-based Cast OS it used before. In fact, your experience with the Nest Hubs should be essentially identical. This is possible because Google's smart display experience is built with Flutter, which is designed to consistently bring apps to multiple platforms, Fuchsia included. The Fuchsia-based update for the Nest Hub will roll out over the coming months, starting with those in the preview program before eventually becoming more broadly available. Considering the interface and experience will be unchanged, it's likely that Nest Hub owners won't even notice they've been switched over to Fuchsia OS. That said, Google appears to be moving cautiously with this rollout, moving over the course of months as switching operating systems is not a simple update. Today's release marks Google's biggest public step toward Fuchsia being an operating system that the average person can use. By field testing it on real devices in the wild, Google can prove that their from-scratch, not-Linux operating system is ready to be used in the smart home as a drop-in replacement for the Cast OS. For now, it's not clear whether Google intends for other Cast OS-based devices to be ported to Fuchsia. That said, the smart home is just one of many avenues that Google has explored for Fuchsia, with the OS designed to be capable of powering both desktops and smartphones, even natively running Android apps. As suggested by Google's Hiroshi Lockheimer in 2019, the smart home may be just the starting point for Fuchsia on made-by-Google devices and beyond. He said, quote, It's not just phones and PCs. In the world of Internet of Things, there are increasing numbers of devices that require operating systems and new runtimes and so on. I think there's a lot of room for multiple operating systems with different strengths and specializations. Fuchsia is one of those things, and so stay tuned, end quote. The first half of 2021 continues to be full of chip news, from generational advancements and turnovers to people doing their own silicon, to people not being able to secure enough silicon. Today, ARM unveiled its Cortex-X2 CPU, which it says offers 30% more performance than current high-end Android phones, and the Mali G710, which is for Chromebooks and high-end phones. These are the first fruits of ARM's V9 architecture, which is ARM's first new architecture in a decade. Quoting Engadget, The flagship is the ARM Cortex-X2, a CPU core meant to scale from premium smartphones to laptops. It reportedly offers a 30% performance boost over current high-end Android phones, although ARM didn't provide more details. You'll see gains for more mainstream uses. The Cortex-A710 is the first ARM V9 big core, meant for big little chips, and is about 10% faster than the Cortex-A 
A7-8 while delivering 30% greater efficiency. Cortex-A510, meanwhile, is the first new little high-efficiency core in four years and should offer 35% better overall performance and triple the speed for machine learning. ARM claims the A510 is nearly as fast as high-performance chips from a few years ago, making it a viable option for watches and smart home tech in addition to lower-end phones. ARM is finally dragging the rest of the industry into the 64-bit era, too. It's promising that all big and little cores will be 64-bit by 2023, and its partners are helping put an end to 32-bit apps before 2021 is over. There's a good chance you'll be using 64-bit phones and apps for a while, but this should push stragglers to catch up. Like the Cortex CPUs, the Mali GPUs are aimed at more than just phones. The flagship Mali G710 is about 20% faster for intensive tasks, 35% for machine learning, and is aimed at Chromebooks in addition to high-end phones. The Mali G610 offers similar features at a lower price, while the Mali G510 gives mid-range phones and smart TVs a 100% speed boost, including for machine learning and 22% efficiency gains. At the low end, the Mali G310 brings ARM's Valhall architecture to basic GPUs for the first time, boosting performance for everything from smarter smartphones to wearable devices, end quote. Do not, however, expect to see this in devices soon, as in this year, as folks need time to actually gin up devices to kit out with these chips. Still, ARM expects various folks to eventually churn out 300 billion V9 chips in the next few years. I debated whether or not to mention this because I'm basically sure that this will be immediately shot down in the courts because it almost certainly violates the U.S. Constitution and Section 230, to name just a few laws. But there's a new Florida law that just passed that regulates how Facebook, Twitter, and others are allowed to moderate speech with fines for banning political candidates. The law exempts companies that own theme parks, cutely enough. Hint, hint, Disney, quoting the New York Times. The law, signed by Governor Ron DeSantis, is a direct response to Facebook and Twitter's bans of former President Donald Trump in January. In addition to the fines for barring candidates, it makes it illegal to prevent some news outlets from posting to their platforms in response to the contents of their stories. The bill is part of a broader push among conservative state legislatures to crack down on the ability of tech companies to manage posts on their platforms. The political efforts took off after Mr. Trump was barred after the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Lawmakers around the country have echoed Mr. Trump's accusations that the companies are biased against conservative personalities and publications, even though those accounts often thrive on the same platforms. More than 100 bills targeting the company's moderation practices have been filed nationwide this year, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Much of the bills have died, but a proposal is still being debated in Texas. The Florida law makes it illegal to bar a candidate for state office for more than 14 days in a move that would seem to outlaw the kind of permanent ban the social media platforms applied to Mr. Trump's accounts. Companies would be fined $250,000 per day for cases where they barred a candidate for statewide office. The fine is lower for candidates seeking other offices, end quote. Some 12.9-inch iPad Pro owners have been reporting an undesirable blooming effect on the new 12.9-inch iPad Pro's mini-LED screen. 
most apparent when bright objects are portrayed on a dark background. Quoting Mac Rumors, Thanks to the adoption of mini-LED display technology, the iPad Pro features 2,500 local dimming zones. Local dimming allows some areas of an LED screen to dim almost off for darker, truer blacks while preserving the bright parts of the screen. The technology can increase the contrast ratio of images significantly and enable the intense highlights of HDR content. On a display with local dimming, if a zone is lit up and an adjacent zone is not, there may be an artifact toward the part of the screen that becomes brighter than its neighboring zone called blooming. OLED displays, such as those used on the iPhone 12 lineup, do not need local dimming since they are able to turn off individual pixels to achieve true blacks, all with no blooming effect. Local dimming can be a way to get near OLED levels of picture quality, but it struggles to achieve the same level of contrast. Blooming on the new 12.9-inch iPad Pro is therefore to be expected to some extent, but users seem to be divided about how bad the effect actually is. Where blooming is visible, especially on HDR content with isolated bright shapes on a black background, it is most prominent on the iPad Pro when viewing the display from an off-axis angle and in a darkened environment. That being said, MacRumors editors believe that the effect of blooming on the iPad Pro looks less severe in person than it does in images, likely due to exposure and image processing." End quote. In 2023, just 10 vulnerabilities accounted for over half of the incidents responded to by our sponsors today, Arctic Wolf Incident Response. Wouldn't you love to know how to take these vulnerabilities off the table and make life more difficult for cybercriminals? That's just one of the essential insights you'll find inside the Arctic Wolf Labs 2024 Threats Report. Authored by their elite team of security researchers, data scientists, and security development engineers, and backed by the data gained from trillions of weekly observations within thousands of unique environments, this report offers expert analysis into attack types, root causes, top vulnerabilities, TTPs, and more. Discover the attack vectors behind nearly half of all successful cybercrimes, why ransom demands climbed 20% from 2023, and find out why 2024 will be an especially volatile year for cybersecurity. Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com forward slash tech meme. That's arcticwolf.com forward slash tech meme. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ka-ching. As you know, I still run the first company I ever founded 25 years ago entirely on Shopify these days. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow the whole way. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is that you can take any business to the next level, even 25-year-old ones, but especially 25-day-old ones. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. Just in time for summer and an expected surge in travel once we're all vaccinated, Airbnb has debuted new tools for hosts and guests on its platform, including a streamlined sign-up flow, expanded flexible search, and better support as it aims to boost rental supply, quoting TechCrunch. To start, Airbnb has streamlined the process of becoming a host, minimizing the amount of steps it takes to get a listing up. Machine learning algorithms can also now automatically arrange photos based on guest appeal, and hosts are provided suggestions from Airbnb about the best titles and descriptions for their listing. The company is also adding new layers of data to the system, integrating with publicly available real estate data so that hosts can simply enter their address and have information like number of bedrooms and bathrooms automatically filled in. On the guest side, Airbnb is doubling down on features around flexibility. In February, for example, the company introduced flexible date search, letting people search for listings based on the type of trip rather than the dates. Users can now search for a long weekend, a week-long trip, or a month-long trip. Today, Airbnb announced that it is making its search product even more supple with flexible matching and flexible destinations. Flexible matching essentially adds wiggle room to a more specific search. For example, if a user searches for listings under $250 a night, it might show listings that fit all the other criteria but are priced slightly outside of that range. Or if a user searches for a certain set of amenities, it might show a listing that's only missing one. Flexible destinations allow a user to search for a certain type of listing regardless of the location. Think treehouses or beachside properties. Combined, this type of flexible search will expose guests to a much more diverse pool of listings, and the updated host flow is expected to increase supply in some of these less explored destinations, end quote. I don't know if every VC I follow invested in this thing, or if I just follow the same small group of VCs, but the VCs congratulating themselves Twitter account has been working overtime the past 24 hours as people celebrate a hot new app called Paparazzi that debuted at the top of the App Store, which is pretty rare for a brand new app to debut number one, quite a feat in and of itself. But it's also interesting what this app does. Paparazzi is a new photo sharing app that bans selfies, focuses on sharing photos of friends, and has no follower counts, captions, hashtags, or comments. Quoting Protocol, The app's conceit is simple. You only take photos of other people acting as your friend's paparazzi. On your profile, pictures other people have taken of you appear front and center with photos you've taken of other people relegated to a secondary tab. The developers say this is designed to, quote, foster the authentic exchange of photos between friends in an attempt to, quote, make social media less self-centered and more about the people we care about, end quote. The app has other features seemingly focused on building a healthier social media app. You can't edit photos before posting them. You can't comment on photos, though you can react with emoji. And you can't see other people's follower accounts, though you can see how many views their pops have. 
Unlike other hot apps like Clubhouse and Dispo, Paparazzi is publicly available now, and you don't need an invite to sign up. Despite that, it's clearly designed to go viral. When uploading a photo of someone not on the app, Paparazzi sends a text to that person telling them that a photo's been posted of them. And a hyperactive, haptic-heavy onboarding video seems designed to grab users from the get-go. The app's developed by TTYL, led by brothers Alex and Austin Ma. The two have previously released other social networking apps, including audio social network TTYL, video texting app Typo, a virtual yearbook signing app, and a Clubhouse for Schools app. According to Crunchbase, the company raised a $2 million seed round led by Floodgate Fund in 2018. Paparazzi appears to be its first big hit. Other VCs seem to be circling. Signal Fire's Josh Constein wrote that Paparazzi is, quote, the perfect app for hot vac summer, while Founder Fund's Delian Asparuhov joked that A16Z's Andrew Chen has to offer the company a term sheet immediately, end quote. So, next big thing alert, but... I've been saying for a couple years now that the zag for social media projects going forward is likely to be leaning hard on making people feel good using social media as opposed to addicting them to doom scrolling. Engineering for engagement is no longer cool. You know what's cool? Designing for delight. Maybe this is a bit of that. Finally today, we have an interesting raise episode coming for Ride Home Plus subscribers this weekend, but I couldn't resist telling you all about this one because it's such a huge raise for something that I had my doubts about, but what do I know? Noom is an app that purports to help people lose weight by changing their behavior, and it's raised, get this, $540 million dollars. Sources say at a $3.7 billion valuation. But hey, maybe here's why. Noom apparently had sales of $400 million in 2020. Quoting Bloomberg, Noom, founded more than a decade ago under a different name, saw interest swell amid the coronavirus pandemic. Sales reached $400 million last year, up from $200 million in 2019, said Chief Financial Officer Michael Noonan. Noom is expanding beyond weight loss to areas such as stress management to help with sleep, diabetes, and hypertension. While it currently focuses on individual consumers, it's also reaching out beyond the App Store, tapping employers and possibly even health insurers. Pushing into the enterprise market will pit Noom against a growing number of companies vying for that business. The digital health space is booming, with startups pitching employers on technology to make their workers healthier and reduce their costs. Noom could go public within a year. The company has met with potential advisors to discuss an initial public offering, eyeing a valuation of around $10 billion, Bloomberg has reported, end quote. As I read these words into this microphone, the Microsoft Build Conference is kicking off, but I've elected to cover that tomorrow, so expect a wrap-up of a whole bunch of announces of interest to devs tomorrow. I don't think we're expecting any hardware or gaming news, but who knows? Anyway, talk to you then. <laughs>